Heck yeah, man. Let's do this. Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. We're your guides to the roller coaster that is FC Dallas fandom. We are the longest running FC Dallas focused podcast in your podcast app. I'm Dustin Nation, and in this episode, we're going to be taking a look at what we've learned from the um, last three FC Dallas matches. Uh, it's been that long since we've talked. Um, including this week's 3-1 win over Colorado. Along with me is our man in the East Stands, Jonathan Roz. How's it going, Jonathan? Uh, it's going good, Dustin. Uh, good to to reconnect. Uh, like you said, catch up. There's there's a lot of things going on uh, for FC Dallas, and I'm excited to, to talk to you and to you know, talk to our uh, uh, FC Dallas fan who's, who's joining the conversation. Yeah, it's a new era at FC Dallas. I'm excited. Uh, and in that new era, in the last three games since, since we've had an episode, uh, FC Dallas has won four, one against Portland at home, drew nil, nil against Chicago. And then most recently they beat Colorado three to one here in Frisco. Um, so, so Jonathan, that, that Portland match, that was the one with, with Jesus Freire's hat trick, uh, and, a and a Paul Ariola topper on top. What, what, um, anything, anything we can take away from that match? Uh, I think you called it out. I mean, it's, that was the, the Jesus Ferreira coming out party. Um, great intro to, you know, his, him, his, uh, time also starting for the U S men's national team. He got a match in, uh, over the, the break as well. So it was great to see him come out, start to see the cohesiveness of that front three, uh, which is something that I know when we talked before, uh, Dustin, we were we were started to see some excitement from uh, from the offensive side, but we were still questioning what we would see if it would be consistent. And I'd say, hey, over the last three matches, at least the home matches have been a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, seven goals in the last three matches at home. Um, one, two, three, so ten, ten home match goals uh, so far this season. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely exciting times at, at the stadium. Uh, and you know, you're right. It's, it's those F uh, Jesus Freire goals. They were the perfect, perfect lead into his time with the United, with the national team. Uh, did, did Paul Ariola come back from the camp injured or was he injured in Chicago? Uh, he came back from camp injured. So, okay. so uh, the one was- downside to that national team camp. Correct. And, and I don't think they ever have officially put him on the injury list. I think that it was more um, just being careful, right? So I think they were holding him out uh, just as more of a precaution. Uh, he did take part in training over the couple of weeks. Uh, and we saw, obviously, in the last match, which I know we'll get to here in a minute, uh, he did actually come in off the bench. So it's it's good to see him back. Yep. And I guess we should also mention that uh, in this, since we've last talked, United States is going to the World Cup. That's right. And, For all of you uh, doubters out there, <laughs> the FC Dallas, the FC Dallas Academy is going to the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw. I don't remember the exact stat now, but it was uh, like 
like 33% of the goals and assists were by somebody that came through the FC Dallas Academy over the World, World Cup uh, qualifying. It's, uh, it's the, the road, road to Qatar or Qatar goes through Frisco. There you go. Gotcha. Uh, um, so I guess, you know, we talked about the exciting match in, against Portland. There was the away match against Chicago. Anything, anything to take away from there, Jonathan? I, I think that we've seen, we've only seen a couple of uh, away matches so far in the, the Nico Estevez or Estevez uh, error. Uh, Estevez. Estevez. And I think what we've seen is the plan is to be very conservative. Uh, went on the road, and I think that's fine, right? Going out uh, against a, a club like Chicago, uh, getting an away goal on a very ugly, rainy day. Sorry, getting a, an away point on a very uh, ugly, rainy day, I think is fine. Uh, wasn't very pleasurable to watch. So you're not going to, you know, as, as a fan, you might not be too excited watching uh, uh, matches like that. But um, I think what we've seen so far this year is that there's a propensity to, to continue to play very compact defensively, both home and away, uh, and to, to have – Make sure you take advantage of those limited chances. Uh, in in Chicago, really, uh, you know, there was a couple of opportunities, but for the most part, uh, it seemed like FC Dallas was playing for the point almost the whole match. Yeah, what's the old saying? Good teams win at home and tie on the road. That's right, and it's the difference between you know where they're sitting right now. I think uh, fifth in the West, uh, tied with a couple of other Texas teams, uh, all at the same. I think points per game one point eight three. Uh, it's yeah. It's working so far. Yep. All right. Uh, and that br- brings us to the most recent match, which we'll probably spend a little bit more time on just because it's more recent. And if you're just now downloading this podcast and you probably came here to see what we have to say about that or maybe get another insight into that. So let's uh, let's take us o- over to Toyota Stadium to, to uh, see Colorado come into town. Um. Jonathan, was it, an, was it another sellout or pretty close to? Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't another sellout. In fact, I was actually a bit surprised when I saw the official attendance was like 15,500, something like that. So it's uh, higher than normal, but probably like in line with what we had seen pre-COVID for some of the matches. So, uh, But what I've noticed, and this has been the last couple of matches, it seems like the atmosphere, uh, there's, there's a little bit of energy, right? And I think some of that comes from, uh, you know, more pack stands. Uh, I think the the match before that was a non uh, July Fourth sellout, which doesn't happen very often for uh, for FC Dallas, and it just seems like there's a little bit more of a vibe in the stadium with the supporters groups, and it was, as far as like more activity in the in the stands. Of course, you know when you win a match like four one against the against Portland uh, or uh, you know this last match against Colorado, that makes for a lot more excitement in the stands as well yeah it it definitely seemed like there was a a pretty good atmosphere just watching on tv i wasn't able to attend in person so uh but it looked looked full it looked sounded great on tv um so let's uh let's let's talk about the match so colorado comes into fc dallas uh they're they're bringing in mikey barrios and uh brian acosta a couple other uh couple fc dallas ex-alumni or i guess their current alumni <laughs> um really a, a dangerous team robin frazier's got them um you know playing really really good soccer lately and even last year they were really good um 
And Mikey Barrios seems seems to give FC Dallas fits every time he comes. So, um, you know, FC Dallas started out really flat against Colorado, and it was it was kind of a painful first half to watch. Yeah, and this was the first time. So we've we've talked about how uh, this club this year has been playing that compact midfield with the high line, which means that you know they've, the the center backs and outside backs kind of step up and leave a lot of space between uh, them and the goalkeeper. And I think Colorado was one of the first clubs to really exploit that. And you saw that early and often with the uh, quick release for for Barrios trying to get behind the line, uh, and I mean it. It paid dividends over and over and over again in that first half, and I think that uh, before uh, Brandon even even things up, this club was was lucky to be down only one zero. It was definitely all Colorado in that first half. Yeah, they did a really curious thing um, when when FC Dallas was pressing in Colorado's defensive end after a turnover or whatnot. As soon as FC Dallas would commit to the press. Generally, what teams will do is, is they'll, you know, they'll kind of drop back to try to collect the ball. So the forwards will come back towards midfield. Uh, for the if you have the team in possession, will come come back to try to help collect the ball and then move it forward. Um, but what you saw Colorado do against FC Dallas is every time FC Dallas would commit to the press, the forwards would push up the field towards the FC Dallas goal, which would force the FC Dallas line to adjust and move with them to, so that they weren't being caught on any kind of, um, you know, Mikey Barrios run in behind or over any balls over the top, which left a ginormous space in between right around midfield in between the attacking player, the, sorry, the pressing players and the back line. And, you know, cause Edwin Cerillo was, was taking part in the press and so it took two passes and Colorado would be right in that middle of the middle of the park. And then they had the whole field in front of them to, to put spray balls out wide and they would work their way back in between the, the fullbacks and the center back. Um, it, it was just really, it was a really kind of interesting play by, by Frazier. And I, I kind of liked it, you know, for the tactical part of me did the SC Dallas fan in me, I uh, was not so so super happy about it. Yeah, and it's kind of the natural uh, counter tactic to the way that uh, this club's been playing. So it's uh, to 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 play quickly and, and push that line and try to get in behind it. This is the first time, like I said, that I've seen a club consistently um, execute on that. And part of that is I think that's the way that Colorado's built to play, anyways. Uh, and a player like. Michael Barrios, who is a straight line runner, uh, we we know that from when he was here. Uh, you know, just you give him the ball, you know, have him go out, and you know, if if he can, if he can break open, he might do good. If he's got to dribble and penetrate that way, you know, it's a lot easier to stop him. So it was uh, a good tactical move. Uh, before Dustin, though, before we get into some of those adjustments, we do have to pay homage to one Brandon Cervania and that we, beautiful we banger. Yes, we must. Uh, yeah do you want do you want to set us up sure it's it's like the death of the first half like the team's about ready to go in everyone's like ready to go in and regroup um there was a there's a foul kind of i'd say a a third of the way into the colorado zone or the colorado half um and 
the free kick is given. And instead of sending the ball into the box, they, they pass the ball over to Brandon Cervania, who's kind of right near the center circle. And he takes a couple steps forward and then just unleashes uh, an absolute rocket from his pocket. It was just straight. It kind of, it was a, I don't know, it was a knuckler knuckleball. It kind of swerved to the left just enough to make Yarbrough take some steps to his right. And then it curved back to the left, just out of reach. Uh, and it was, oh man, it was a thing of beauty. It, I hope it wins goal of the week. Yeah, it was uh, a, a very exciting uh, time in the in the stands too. <laughs> I think we were all uh, a bit awestruck, and you know, everybody's you know you know giving high fives to their neighbors. Did that just happen? <laughs> it, 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 exactly, because it, it it knocked you out of the lull as you're getting ready for for halftime. And um, on the on the broadcast, uh, our, our good friend Steve Davis was talking about how he's seen that in practice. Is that something that shot is something that Cervania has been working on because uh, he's got that little bit of a knuckle that makes it drop. Um, so to watch them execute that and to see Brandon get, uh, on the scoreboard first time since 2019, I believe, uh, that's in his 50th appearance. That's right. That's, that's the way to make a statement that, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's been having a great year and I, and I think that's, you know, a, a good exclamation point on this, uh, first part of the season for Brandon. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a spectacular season for him. I think. That kind of goal it reminds so like let's see what other goals does that remind us? So there was the Ricarte goal in Houston that yes. was kind of like that, and I think there was. I remember one of the first goals I I saw as an SC Dallas fan was a Maxi or Rudy goal that was very similar. Like he just some some crazy goal come pull just like that shouldn't like the shot should just shouldn't shouldn't have been a shot, and then he just goes in. Right. Well, that. Um, that's a that's every Maxi Rudy goal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Cervania did do the bow and arrow celebration. I, I, yeah, I saw that. The but what's interesting is that I mean that was a defined set play, though. I mean that's what it looked like. It looked like that was practice ground stuff. So yeah. uh, it wasn't just a, a lucky shot. It was something that that they expected that Cervania actually had a a chance at hitting because you know they they gave up kind of a standard uh, set piece. You know, hit it over the wall and you know try to get on somebody's head. Uh, so it was, it was beauty. Woke up the crowd. Woke up this team. Everybody goes into to halftime. Uh, but going into halftime, uh, I expect that there are some questions in that in that locker room because the club had to have known that they were lucky to be tied one one. Yeah, it it's there. There had to have been, um, you know, some some. Let's just say there was a big need for some adjustments, and uh, those adjustments were made coming out coming out in the second half. It, it was immediately evident that so, there were some changes made. Yeah. So what did you? So obviously the the one non uh, tactical change uh, was Hedges, who picked up a bit of a knock. You could see uh, on a play right late at the end of the first half. Uh, so it was not surprising to see him come off and uh, Tafari uh, make his way on. What? But that was more of a you know a, a player for player swap, right? Because of injury. What did you see, Dustin, tactically that that you thought that the club was doing? Yeah, so um, we talked about how um, Surio was kind of detached from the back line, creating that big gap in between. Um, and what what Nico Estevez did was he pulled Surio back in between the center backs whenever FC Dallas was pressing. 
So that gave FC Dallas one more person in the back line to be able to um, kind of mark players, which allowed a couple of things to happen, right? So there was still a little, like if you watch the film, there's still some gap in between the center backs and the um, the midfielders for FC Dallas. Cervania and Palmacol did do a better job of staggering themselves on the press instead of both kind of being in, in line with each other. Um, which which made the gap smaller, but um, there was a couple of things that that Serio in the backline helps do. It helped the backline cover the width so that their fullbacks weren't being dragged away from their center backs on the line, creating space um, for for diagonal runs into the box. But it also let the fullbacks have a little bit more freedom. They weren't having to cover the wingers out wide. They had freedom to go and attack and stop the stop the attack before it began and they could step up and take a little bit more risk to try to stop the stop the flow of the ball into the the wingers um and so you saw that quite a, several times in the second half and it and it paid dividends yeah we also saw a a, a substitution as well right so we saw uh, I think around the, the 60th minute, we saw uh, Faku Kanyan come on uh, for, I think it was Paxton Pomacol. Um, so it's really definitely a, a, an offense for for defense swap there. They're, they're both midfielders, but uh, Faku is definitely the more uh, defensive-minded uh, player of those two. Yeah. Um, so, we, I mean, so we saw that as well. Yeah, but that was, that was after Ferreira had scored the go-ahead goal. I think we kind of skipped over that a little bit, um, and that kind of you know that'll help um, with with some of the tactics as well, just because Colorado's now chasing at that point. So Ferreira got his uh, fourth of the year, um, kind of got the ball at the top of the box, turned or just turned and shot um, into the corner, the really real striker's goal. Um, so uh, Farfan got an assist on that. I think that was one of his. First, fifth, first assist, and maybe his fiftieth uh, appearance. Yeah, I think that. Well, I think that's his definitely his his first assist with FC Dallas. Um, and yeah, that was. Although that wasn't a pretty goal, that's the kind of goal that gets me as an FC Dallas fan excited because that's the kind of stuff that Jesus needs to be able to execute on, you know, game after game, um, to really get that top of the box, you know half touch ter- quick turn score kind of kind of goal it was uh it was beautiful to see uh and and yeah agreed i think that right there changes the flow of the game a little bit uh makes it a, a little bit harder for um i mean because at that point yes the colorado's having to play a bit more catch up having to press forward more uh allows fc dallas to sit back a little bit more as well so uh agreed once once you go up it changes the complexity complexion a little bit that the thing that i saw outside of the the tactics change and i've seen a lot of articles over the last day kind of pointing to that tactical shift to me it's i don't know i go i look at the the game flow i know dustin you're a big fan of that and anybody who follows the dallas soccer show twitter account will see the game flow get posted after almost every match uh, it's an auto retweet from me <laughs> if you don't know what that is it kind of shows like minute by minute uh, kind of scoring opportunities by the the different clubs. So you can kind of see like, you know, p- p- or positioning and, and opportunities and stuff like that. 
Uh, and you'll see that even in the game flow that Colorado continued to have a number of opportunities in the second half. So that wasn't like they were stifled. Um, to me, it came down to the goalkeeper. I think Paz had just an outstanding game. I think that if you, if you look at uh, expected goals against, uh, it was 2.1. And obviously uh, he got, you know, only one scored against him because he had some fantastic saves. Uh, you know, he got uh, five saves in this game uh, after six the entire rest of the year. So it was kind of the first time we've really seen him uh, be tested. So I think man, I'll, I'll put a lot of that on, on his shoulders too. Yeah. Pause patrol. That's right. Pause patrol. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the rest of the game pretty much, uh, like we just, you just mentioned, um, is, was Colorado testing FC Dallas and FC Dallas bending, but not breaking. And, uh, in the 89th minute, F, uh, Jesus Ferrer got his fifth of the year, um, rounding the keeper and, and slotting the ball right into the back of the net. Um, a pretty easy goal. I think he just got, got the jump on the back line and, and, um, FC Dallas ends up winning three to one. And it was beautiful that that last that last goal too, uh, real time in in the stadium, and then even like on the first watch, I, you would have sworn it was offside. Uh, so that is just how how good the execution was. I think the defender was just like half a second late on stepping up. You saw them actually try to step up to uh, to get to cut off the pass and, and potentially get Jesus offside. Uh, didn't work, and then you know Jesus draws the keeper out. You know who that uh, pass came from, right? Uh, who did that pass come from? Brandon Cervania. Of course it did. Yes, <laughs> it was this Cervania's night? So it was. Uh, it was is a good way to to cap off the night. That's now five goals for Jesus Ferreira. He is tied in the league for the league. Um, overall, I mean, great performance. Uh, you know, we're uh, you know looking at an FC Dallas team that, unlike last year, is a little bit is well, a lot more fun to watch. A lot more competitive, uh, and so I think as as fans, uh, it makes us a little bit more excited to to get there uh, early and and watch the match. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of watching the matches, the next match to watch will be Saturday, uh, the sixteenth against New York Red Bulls. Uh, what, is, what time is that? Central. That's time? a that's a six p.m. Central uh, game. Interesting that. Uh, Red Bulls have not won at home. They are 3-0 on the road. They have not lost on the road, but they have not won at home, which is really weird. It's like backwards. It is, it is, it is backwards. <laughs> so uh, so Dallas is going uh, going against the Red Bulls uh, and then home against uh, the hated Houston Dynamo. It's a Ooh. 2, a 2 p.m. match. Uh, on the 23rd. On, on the 23rd. Get there, be loud. Uh, you are allowed to yell Houston sucks. I don't care what the security guards say. <laughs> just don't throw beer. That's right. Just don't throw beer. Uh, it's no, it's the Houston match is always, is always a fun match. Uh, and, uh, Houston often travels well, even when they're not having a great year. Um, and they're doing okay this year too. So they're, like I said, they're, they're tied with uh, FC Dallas from a points per game perspective. So, uh, the next couple of matches look like they should be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It, it is. It is fun. This new era is is fun. Um, whatever may come from the rest of the season, I just hope this the the fun. You know, obviously trophies and wins are nice and good, um, but it, it's just fun to be an FC Dallas fan again. It is, and, and I guess the one thing too that 
you, you, I don't know if you notice it on the broadcast, but in the stands, every time that Velasco gets the ball um, and has space, you know, you hear like the, you know, the murmuring and the excitement. You, you can actually, you, it's palpable in the stands, oh. which is, which is, which is uh, you know, a great thing. It's not something I've seen in a long time. So uh, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's it's great to see a, a player of his caliber come up, and I think that you know having having that more balanced attack is going to allow for uh, FC Dallas to continue to 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 unleash Jesus Ferreira on other teams. Yep, may the may the keeper keep stopping it and the goals keep flowing. That's right. That should All be right. our that should be our new outro forever, <laughs> Dustin. All right. Well. Uh, if you have enjoyed what you've heard today, you can check us out online at DallasSoccerShow.com or at TheStrikerTexas.com. Our Twitter handle is at DallasSoccerShow. Uh, make sure to, what is, how the kids say it, slap that subscribe button uh, in your podcast app so that uh, anytime we decide to get on the mic, you get you get to decide to get it uh, downloaded to your phone automatically so that you uh, know exactly when we're we're ready to listen. So until next time, thanks so much for listening. Thanks.